0: message for Josh. It's about fear and storms, but I can't say much more because my wife's here. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Uh, God bless you, Josh. That's, that's wonderful. We've got the PowerPoint up. Tonight I want to talk about a, a strange topic, maybe, um, but I've been blessed by it and I pray God will speak to your heart through it as well. Fear can you all think back to a time when you have been afraid just right now what's coming to your mind Is something coming to your mind what comes to my mind when i think of being afraid was when i was backpacking in vietnam a few years ago about four to five years ago and one of the things i did i did lots of cool stuff when i was there but one of them was in this huge cave in the center of vietnam vietnam actually has the largest cave in the world I wasn't in it, but I was in this one called the Dark Cave, right? And you can get the idea. It's a dark, muddy cave in the middle of Vietnam. There's flies, there's snakes, there's spiders, there's everything. And this tour guide, I was there first thing in the morning because I needed to get on to the next city. And he took me on my own in on a tour of this cave. And we're going through it. It was really cool. And with head torch and there was one place and he was like this is nice mud for you to roll in and I got into this mud and started rubbing myself up like I was in a spa in the middle of this dark cave and that was okay and then we walked around a wee bit more and there was this like lake in this cave now the cave was narrower than this hall and just goes on for a long long way and he says Jordan do you like swimming? I says I love swimming he was like, right, well, you can get into that water and go for a swim up to as far as you can see. And I'll just stay here on the shore. And I'll be watching out around the perimeter for water snakes. <laughs> right? I says, good man, thank you for doing that. So there I was, sort of being macho man, you know, had to uh, go into this water. And the next thing, the ground was away from me. I was swimming. And remember, head torch. All I could really see was this wee patch of water around me, and you were busy looking around the shore, and you could turn around and, and swimming away, swimming away, next thing I turned around. I'm a tour guide, he was busy doing press-ups, that's all he was doing, so I was like, right, right, doing what's going to happen next, and swimming away further and further, maybe twice the length of this hall down into this water, and next thing underneath me, brush my leg and touch my hand on it while I was doing breaststroke. I says, gee, oh. here I am, water snakes in the water, in the dark, in Vietnam, me in the middle of this water, a mature guy doing press-ups 30 metres away from me. And I was scared, right? So I was like, right, don't pee yourself, Jordan. Turn around, <laughs> turn around and quickly swam back. Thankfully it was just a branch or something under the water. But I'm telling you now, you can, you can laugh if you want, but you were in that situation, you'd have been, you'd have been bricking yourself as well. But we can all experience fear, um, and we can laugh about it when it turns out to be um, okay. But in that moment, when you're in a dark cave in the middle of Vietnam, all you can see is a wee spotlight. There's genuine danger out there, and you feel something scratch your leg. It's no joke, right? And I'm sure some of you have experienced something similar. But often our fear doesn't necessarily look like or sound like such an adventure. It can be a huge things in our lives uh, financial concerns, family issues, maybe a close friend, and there's now our family issues, and it's just. You're scared about what will happen or scared about the future, what's in front of you. Or or you're about to have a baby and you're thinking, our oh, life's, life's going to change here completely. And, and it can bring fear. And that's a real emotion that we all experience. But what I want to talk about and... and This chapter in the Bible is full of fear. And if you want to turn with me, it's it's Mark chapter 4, right at the end. And we're going to go into chapter 5. But the big question, the big question I want us to ask tonight. So if you go to Mark 4, verse 35, we're going to ask this question. Should we fear God? Should we fear God? Now, maybe just before we start this uh, talk, in your own head, can you just have a think about that? Should we fear God? Do you fear God? Okay? Now, what we're going to do, this story, there's two stories here. So what what happens, I'm going to read the whole thing, but I want to just explain what happens. So the first part of the story is, A short bit of verses, but Jesus and his disciples, his followers, are going in a boat overnight across the Sea of Galilee. So it's a big, big uh, lake in the north of Israel. And there's a crazy storm comes. And then something extraordinary happens. For those who don't know, it's really cool. And then there's a second story. And it's not a literal storm, but it's a storm of a different kind. And there's a lot of fear, a lot of things to be scared of in both stories. So we're going to look at them both. So let's turn to that. Mark 4 and verse 35 to 41. You can read on the screen or I'm going to read it to you here. And I'm just realizing my wee tablet has magnets on it. And this is a magnet or a metal platform. So it's sticking. That's (laughs) interesting. (laughs) Okay. Let's read. Now let's remember fear. That's what we're thinking about here. And we've just been thinking about Vietnam. This is a really scary story here. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, that's the disciples, his followers, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and, stu- and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? Now, that's the story, guys. want to have a quick think about that before we go on to the next part. Now, let's jump in here with these disciples. It's easy for us. Looking at that story. Like you just heard my story. To laugh or to think that's stupid. But in that situation. These were, many of these disciples. Followers of Jesus were actually sailor men. They weren't. Unused to storms. But this was a storm. So crazy. That they genuinely thought. That they were about to die. That's what they thought. Now, you put yourself in that situation, you're you're maybe not thinking rationally. And, And that's the thing with the situations in our lives where we might not be in the middle of a storm like this, but sometimes when we are so taken over by fear, we don't think clearly. And it's very, very hard to have faith. But think of what happens in this story. They go to their leader, the one they trust, and they're like, how are you sleeping? Do you not care that we're about to die? And he just stands up. Now think of this. Imagine this. He just stands up and says, peace, be still. Now I don't know if you've driven up and down this road. I was just talking to a couple of the guys there in the permitting before when the, the tide's high and the waves are coming up over the road and rocks are coming and seaweed's coming onto the road. And you imagine someone getting out of their bed and just going over to the window and saying, peace, be still. And the whole thing just settled down. If I did that till a bath that was being churned up, you'd laugh at me, right? Or a cup of tea that was being stirred and I just said, peace, be still you'd have a laugh. But someone who can say, peace be still till the sea, Is it any wonder that these disciples were then afraid? And they asked this question, who then is this that the, even the wind and the sea obey him? I think because we've read the Bible, or, or most of us have, we're like, ah, come on, disciples. Do you not know? Do you not know? But I think for so many people in this world, we sort of have an idea of what, who Jesus is. But do we really realize that this Jesus is the creator of this world? His hands made this world. He's the one who is able to turn chaos into perfect calm. Perfect calm. Now. I want to speak to you as Christians here tonight. Let me just encourage you. There are storms in our lives. There are fear, things for us to be fearful about. But if we think about who is in control. We need to. Like, like Paul or Peter get our eyes off the storm as much as we can, as hard as that is, and just realize we have someone in our ship who is in control, who sees the oceans like a cup of tea. It's nothing to him. He can control it. And we can rest in that. That that is where our peace is. We can think as well, why was it so absurd that them disciples would die that night or why would jesus would die that night because they knew he was the christ the promised one the one who would rule this world who would bring salvation to israel and so if he would he could not it just wasn't possible for him to fail and so for us as christians i want to encourage you i don't know who you are or what you're going through what fears you are facing But when you cannot see what's going on, when you're completely out of control, when literally it's coming in from every direction and you can't shovel hard enough to get that water out, it's a sinking ship, you remember that our God is in control and cares for you. Now, what do I title that? commentary said this on that verse the cure for fear is faith in Jesus so if there's one thing I want to use all to remember Christian or not out of this meeting tonight it's those words the cure for fear is faith in Jesus for you who are Christians as hard as it is if you can look at him and realize who he really is, his power, his heart for you, his plan that will come true, then that will dispel fear. Because it's not like walking down a dark alleyway with my wife walking down a dark alleyway with me as as macho a man as I am going into Vietnam tunnels. No. It's like having the whole of the armies of the UK with you, surrounding you, protecting you on all sides, aircraft flying over the Navy at your call. You are protected. And God's plans will come true. So we're only a small cog in that. It's easy for us to be overwhelmed by the storms that are very legitimate. But God is in control. The same God who saved you from hell will save you from all hell on earth. All right? The gospel is powerful enough not just to save us, to justify us, but to sanctify us and to make us look to him. What, what is one of the, 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 the virtues or one of the key things in our Christian lives It is faith. And so God uses these times, these storms, to make us look so I want to encourage you who are here to do that now let's go on to the second storm in this passage if you just continue on the next few verses into chapter five I'm going to read through this but what happens here is after this has happened Jesus lands on the shore and there's a man who is possessed by it calls a legion of demons that it's legions uh the six thousand, it's the largest group in a Roman army, and um, while it might not be literal that there's six thousand demons, it means that he was completely taken over by demonic forces. And so what we're gonna see here is that Jesus is not just the creator who's able to control the world and nature, but he also has power over Satan over the spiritual realm so let's read and they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gerasians and when Jesus had stepped out of the boat immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit he lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore not even with a chain For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran, fell down before him and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God. Do not torment me. For he was, that is, Jesus was saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside and they begged him, the demons begged him saying, send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. And the herd numbering about 2,000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And the people came to see what it was that had happened. And when they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion sitting there, closed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled let's think about that story another storm and probably something that we don't think about as much you know storms that we see out there we're very Used to looking at things around us, to hear the weather forecast, or we're used with family issues, or financial issues, or fears about future. But I think we much less think about the spiritual world that we live in. You know, uh, we recently were studying uh, in First Thessalonians, and Paul keeps on talking about angels, and I had to say to myself, well. Is Paul a bit weird talking about angels or is it me the one that doesn't think about spiritual things maybe as much as I should? But I think we would be naive and some of you are aware of this, but the world, the the demonic world is real. And maybe it's more hidden here in the Western world, but I used to live in Kenya where my mom and dad is missionaries. And there it's very, very prevalent. It's very open. You see, the devil isn't stupid the um, western world he has us convinced of atheism and evolution we explain the, the spiritual world out of this world it simply can't be a part of our mind and so we exclude him in from our thinking whereas in Africa the devil has it the opposite way around he has them so sure of his existence and his power that they're completely captivated by it and he's got control But here we have a story again, a man who's in the middle of a storm and we see what the devil does to people. This man was cutting himself, screaming, could not be controlled. And maybe that resonates with you. I don't know what you're going through. It sounds to me like this man was in the middle of a storm that was raging in his mind. And maybe that's where you're at. I don't know. But we've got good news. Just like in the previous story, what happened? The one who was able just to say the words. And that man was sitting in his right mind and clothed. What was chaos, what was a storm and destruction and his life was literally a torment and a torment all around him turned into a marvel, turned into a missionary, one who went just like me here tonight and told about what the Lord was doing. Now we get a little extra picture here. On who Jesus is. The previous story really emphasizes the fact that God was. That Jesus was the God who created the world. Who had power over it. But here we have a confession by the spiritual. The demons of who Jesus is. Look what they said. What have you to do with me? Jesus. Son of the most high God. They weren't under any confusion about who this was. They had to beg to be permitted to do, to leave, to be out of that situation. So I'm here to tell you that there is real fear, whether it's storms outside, storms in our lives or storms spiritually in our minds. We have a God who is powerful to overcome them all. Now, let's have a wee think about our question again, maybe. Should we fear God? Should we fear God? Well, let's just have a think about Jesus a little bit more before we answer that question. Jesus, the son of the most high God. Why was he there? Have you ever thought of that? If we realize who Jesus actually is, the creator of this world, like that little video showed, the one who was the author, the creator, was actually in the story. What in the world was he The one who was the son of the most high God. The one who is above everyone who should be praised and worshipped. And will be praised and worshipped forever. He was in the middle of a storm in Israel. He was talking to a man who was deranged. He was the one that these demons addressed as the son of the most high God. Why was he there? Well I hinted at it whenever we talked about how the disciples should have known that he couldn't have died then. But his whole purpose for being here. This one who is so high. So powerful. Came and humbled himself. The Bible says he set aside his glory. He became a servant. So that we could be rid of fear. Fear. So that he could do this. What he's just done to this man. The, the, the passage ends there. It says that, that. in verse 19. I'll just go back to it. Verse 19. He did not permit him. He said to him go to your friends. And tell. How much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy. On you. Now that is the purpose. Of Jesus being here. He could literally be in heaven at that moment. Being worshipped and praised. But no. He was in the middle of a storm with his disciples. With his followers. To, to nurture them. What it might seem harsh. He was trying to build them up. To show them who he was. To give them that confidence to go forward. And he was here with this demonic man. A man who was deranged. Cast out by everyone. Destroyed in his own mind. But Jesus cared for him. He had come to rescue the lowest. He had stepped into his own creation. The one who had all power over everything. Nature and the demonic world or the spiritual world. To rescue people who were broken. And how had he done it? Well it wasn't enough just to come and become a man. And put aside his glory and become a servant. But as we've heard He went and faced fear. He faced the the ultimate fear, death. The valley of the shadow of death. He faced it. He faced the the judgment that these demons knew they were deserved. What did the demons say? "Do, Do not torment me. They realized that they were evil and they deserved with a flick of his fingers they could be in hell forever. But Jesus has said that I have come, that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly, completely. He wants to set us free from one well from one of the things, the fear. That's all around. So, should we fear God? There's a few answers to this. It's not just a straightforward answer. It depends on who you are. The Bible says in Proverbs that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. See, there is a sense, a genuine sense that all of us should fear God even Christians here we we should see who he is and there's an awe there's a reverence just for how great he is his power that demands respect that's the sense of fear here more of a, a gravity a weight of who this person is but here you see it says that it's the beginning of wisdom Beginning of wisdom. You see, all of us are under the same category, I suppose, as that demon. We, every one of us, were at least at a point we should have been saying, Do not torment me, because we are all guilty before God, and we deserve to be punished because of our sin. The the Bible says here, in Matthew And do not fear those who kill the body and cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy the soul and body in hell. For everyone, I have to be honest up here. I'm here to tell you the good news of the gospel that that Christ is the answer to fear. But there is a very real sense where you should be terrified of God right now if you're not saved. I mean terrified. Because just like those demons, your only plea at the day of judgment if you do not accept his son is a simple plea. Do not torment me with no weight behind it. It's simply an ask in front of a God who is angry with you who you have despised. And, and maybe you say, that's harsh, Jordan. That's harsh. I don't despise God. But is he your God? A God who has done all this, what we have just described, the God who created this world, who came down into this world, who died in your place to suffer for you, and yet you don't have any time for him. He's not your God. You wouldn't want to listen to what he says. You don't want to do or live a life aligned with him. Now, I could butter that up. You can make that sound as nice as you want. or are just trying your own wee way, doing my best. But I'm here to be honest with you. And as much as that might sound nice, I have to be honest with God's word here and warn you that that will not be enough. And it is genuinely so dangerous for you to play that game. Read that one more time. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy the soul and body in hell. So I have to be honest tonight should you fear god should we fear god i'm saying every one of us should fear god those who are saved we can we we have been forgiven we have had our sins washed away and more than that we actually become represented and covered by the perfection of this man jesus so that we can come to god without that trembling fear because death has been conquered our sin has been forgiven And that we can come right into God's presence and worship him and live with him and follow his way with joy. But for those of you who aren't saved, who still reject God and and might want to play it nice or uh, might not want to come out just straight with saying that. This is the weight that is over you. A God who has done everything to bring you into his family, to forgive you, to give you life. And you're saying no. No matter how small that no, it's still a no. So I leave you with this. Told you this was the finale, the central part of this whole message. The cure for fear is faith in Jesus. I want you to remember that Christian here, in life, when there is, are genuine reasons for fear, whether that's a storm outside, a storm in family, emotionally, or even spiritually, if you're under attack, our God is able to deliver you. The God who saved you, who went to that length of coming down to earth to die on a cross to save you, will he not keep you? Yes, he will. He just wants you to look to him and say, I can't do this, God, but I know you can. And for you who aren't saved tonight and maybe you don't realize it have a small amount of fear there is a god who will be able to set you free from all fear what do you have to do well you don't have to do anything just look to him he has done everything see this man that is is central here what does it say in the front jesus christ is lord That's the one you need to come to. You don't come to a person like me or anyone in this hall. There's someone who has done everything to set you free. that You might have life. So, whatever the storm you're facing, whether Christian or unsaved, the cure to fear is faith in Jesus. Thank you.